don't light yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Because that, has, I think, has been one of my biggest challenges over the years is, is constantly sacrificing my own well-being, holding the emotional um, you know, baggage or burden of other people as my own, and really um, letting that compromise my ability to show up positively and energetically and be my full self. You can't pour from an empty cup and like you can't, if you compromise your mental health, nothing else will work. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Chris Hobbs and I'm the president and co-founder of TTT Studios, where we design and build the next generation of digital products to help your business. On today's episode, episode 79, my gosh, of the Afternoon Tea Podcast, we're excited to be joined by Kayla Isabel, the CEO of Startup Canada. With over a decade of experience in the startup ecosystem, Kayla is an expert supporting entrepreneurs and building thriving startup communities across the country. During our conversation, we'll be discussing Kayla's insights and on the challenges facing Canadian entrepreneurs, the latest trends and innovations of the startup world, and how Startup Canada is working to support entrepreneurs at all stages of the journey. We'll also delve into Kayla's personal journey, exploring how she developed her passion for entrepreneurship and how she became involved with Startup Canada. So sit back, relax, and join us as we dive into the world of startups and entrepreneurship with Kayla Isabel. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kayla. Thanks for having me. Absolutely thrilled to be here. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I, I, I love that introduction. It really let me, you know, work on my on my podcaster voice. I'm uh, <laughs> doing my best to go deep, but yet lots of great stuff for us to share. And I'm really excited because we actually haven't met um, yet, which is which is, which is is disappointing. And I'm, I'm hoping that we'll come to an end either the next time you're in Vancouver, which I, we're going to talk about, will be soon, or yes. next time I'm in Ottawa because I, I do love, uh, you know, uh, meeting, going to our nation's capital. Any excuse mm. I get makes me incredibly happy. But you know what? Let's, let's just start with the brass. Right away, can you tell me about Startup Canada's mission? You bet. So, Startup Canada is a national nonprofit, and we essentially help any early stage entrepreneur, a traditional tech startup, a small business, anybody who has a business idea. Um, we help them get connected to tools, resources, and different types of community. Um, so, as you can imagine, that's a very wide mandate across a lot of different parts of the country. <laughs> um, but we are really trying to help. Um, entrepreneurs navigate more efficiently through the incredible support that exists across the ecosystem. Oh, very cool. Very cool. What's your, your as a CEO, what would your main function be uh, with Startup Canada? It's a little bit of everything. It's, it's a lot these days. Uh, like a startup itself. <laughs> like a startup itself. I mean, I'm I'm sending calendar invites, doing briefings, you know, uh, looking to our web domains, all of that on the side, but mainly um, providing the overall strategy of Startup Canada and trying to really carve out a unique space for what is you know, a, a really emerging and and almost saturated, you know, entrepreneurship right. ecosystem in Canada. There's never been more resources, more funding available, um, more accelerators, more incubators. Like there's so much to understand. <laughs> How can we as Startup Canada be as efficient as possible, connecting founders to those different resources and not being redundant, right? Because uh, <laughs> that ultimately is not going to serve the founders that are trying to streamline that access to support. Uh, so I think of those types of questions daily. Um, I talk to a lot of founders, which is my <laughs> favorite part of the job. I bet. Uh, and really serve as the spokesperson and uh, uh, sort of lead, um, yeah, leader of Startup Canada. Oh, very <laughs> what, what cool. What imagine CEO to be? <laughs> oh, very cool, very cool. So, yeah, I mean, I really love the fact that you've got this kind of the federal approach or the, or the you know, the, the, the national approach, let's just mm. say. And, and, I, and I do agree, there's lots of, you know, local uh, or provincial groups as well. So how do you engage with, with those groups? Is it, uh, you know, do you have, 
annual meetings where it's across the board or is it just whenever you're in town you do what you can to, to press the flesh and get to to meet these people yeah it's it's one step at a time um and and this has actually been a challenge of startup canada's growth overall is you know there are thousands of support organizations that we are building partnerships with and we have mm-hmm. skimmed the surface of that in our current mm-hmm maturation, uh, but every single day we have new partners that we're engaging with to try to better understand their offerings Mm -hmm. and then to share that out to the community without that also being overwhelming, right? We don't, we just want to say, hey, there's all these different things going on. We have to be really intentional about that packaging. Um, So we do it with a very open-hand approach. We have a lot of in-kind partnerships with the ecosystem Mm -hmm. um, and we leverage private sector funding to really help us do that. Um, so we try also to do that as uh, efficiently with with our costs as possible because well, it's a tough time for a lot of other nonprofits and charities as well in the ecosystem. Yeah, no, again, you you have to think of yourself as a you know you're a nonprofit, but you have to think of yourself as a startup, and you've got a runway, mm-hmm. and you got to figure out what you can do with you know the, with the resources. Uh, well, well, speaking of you know a runway, because we'll talk about a tour here. So this is a planes runway. Um, tell me about <laughs> the Startup Canada tour. Uh, I'm, yes. I'm I'm excited to know about this. He shared a little bit you know in, in my emails with me, and it's like, hey, this is cool. Uh, t- tell us about it. Maybe how our listeners can benefit. Amazing. So this is arguably the most exciting project that we're doing this year. Obviously, I love all of our regular flagship programs, but being Mm -hmm. back in person with every stakeholder in the ecosystem. So think early stage entrepreneurs, later stage entrepreneurs that are here to help, private sector, government at all levels, um, incubators, some accelerators, funders, investors. We're essentially bringing all of those folks under one umbrella across the entire country. So we're starting in Whitehorse, which is done by design, because often you see these conferences, they're downtown Toronto, they're Mm -hmm. essentially Vancouver, Montreal, et cetera. Um, And we are intentionally trying to share the stories and showcase the entrepreneurial potential of the North. Mm -hmm. Um, And this often does not get coverage. You don't know of business owners in the North. If you think of your Rolodex of businesses that you support, how many of them are coming from Whitehorse, Yellowknife, Iqaluit, those types of Not enough. Probably not enough. So we are intentionally starting there to really champion and share both the stories of those founders and their recommendations to the entrepreneurship ecosystem. How can they feel more connected into the national space? Um, Then from there, we're heading over to Halifax and we'll be hearing from some incredible founders. Um, We'll have some sort of VIPs as well. Uh, I will sort of nod to Peace by Chocolate if you're familiar with that story of an incredible founder. We'll, We'll be announcing that soon. Very cool. Uh, and then we'll be heading over to Vancouver as well into your stomping grounds. And and those three stops will be happening this spring. Mm-hmm. Then in the fall, we'll be heading to Calgary um, and wrapping up in Brampton, Ontario, which is an incredible yeah. space uh, mm-hmm. with a lot of newcomers and some incredible entrepreneurial potential. Um, so we'll be doing a big, big grand finale that will be both virtual and in person. Um, and uh, we're, we're just we could not be more excited to be going across the country and seeing all these folks in person. Oh, I bet. And that's a good good chance to make all these relationships. I mean, I, I, I kind of want to touch on the Whitehorse because I think that is yeah. really unique. And and I think they face unique problems and challenges that, you know, I, I think you really have to be on the ground to really understand, um, you know, what, what those are. Um, I also think as, you know, the major cities where we're traditionally doing business are getting more and more expensive. I think we're finding some, some you know, adventure seekers who are like, you know what, Vancouver, Toronto, I just can't afford to run a startup here. It's too expensive, but I can do it from anywhere. Hey, Whitehorse, why not? You know, uh, that sounds like that sounds like a journey and adventure. So I, 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 I'm really glad you're planting a flag there. And I, and I hope the, uh, you know, I mean, it, it'll, it's never an overnight success, these, these type of things, but it's all about even just learning the vernacular and realizing, hey, this is an opportunity. I really like this idea. Um, so I, I really applaud you. 
Uh, well, we'll speak about applauding. One thing that really excited me is I saw that you host Startup Women Podcast. Can you tell yes. me a little bit about that? Yes, this is another one of my favorite parts of my job. So um, I host an incredible podcast called the Startup Women Podcast, where <laughs> we bring together the perspective of one woman-identifying founder and then a support organization or somebody <laughs> who works in the ecosystem. So we might talk about personal branding, funding, mentorship, a specific topic, but we give the perspective from both lenses um, and then we package it with a chock full of resources. <laughs> so the idea is you listen to the episode, not only are you inspired and potentially <laughs> moved, but then you've got your list of support organizations, uh, templates, you know, all these different connection points that you can then make in your business. Um, and that is produced by the incredible Maddie Styles, who makes all of the production look and feel fabulous. I have not yet met Maddie, but I think I love her already because yes, I love the you'll mission. Meet her in I Vancouver. Think... Oh, fantastic, fantastic! <laughs> well, how do you how do you get your guests? I mean, I'm, see, I'm going to prick your brain a little bit for for my own professional benefit. How do you get your guests? Like, is there is there uh, do they come to you? Do you go to them? What's uh, how does that work? It's a little bit of both. Um, I think Startup Canada has a unique ability to find these like underground entrepreneurial stories, mm -hmm. um, and I'd say most of the time of our team is spent researching. Um, and that's through very non-traditional ways, talking to friends and family that live in different nooks and, and corners of Canada, um, looking online to see which emerging companies are doing something interesting. Um, and then sometimes it's going to more traditional outlets to see, okay, who's, you know, landed a big raise, who's, you know, really shaking up some type of industry. Mm -hmm. um, but we really try to focus on the perspectives of those that often aren't shared at the mm -hmm. national scale. Um, and for somebody who has a really unique background, not only the business, but the human behind it, how can mm. we really, really showcase all the different levels um, and layers of what has gone into developing um, what is, you know, a food and beverage based business or, you know, something in clean tech um, or, you know, a consulting firm. Like we really mm -hmm. try to cover that, that difference based in industry because we can all learn from all of those stories, even if we're running a particular type of company. Um, and then Maddie does an excellent job in curating really thoughtful scripts. I think, you know, the richness of those conversations is mm -hmm. by design and there's a mm -hmm. lot of thought that goes back into that. Um, but it's also just approaching it very humanly, right? Founders yeah. are people. <laughs> and oh, so yeah. We want to make sure that we listen to their, their human experience. Because uh, entrepreneurship is incredibly challenging. Oh, completely, completely. And I, and I really love the, uh, you know, the, the, the angle that you take with it because, you know, I want all voices represented and I want to hear about it and I want to hear the stories. You know, I'm basically, I, I go on my bike rides every day when it's not raining here in Vancouver. I go on my bike rides every day and I'll probably listen to three hours of podcasts. So I will definitely be putting on, uh, putting on yours and really enjoying it. I look forward to it. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I kind of shared a little bit of professional tips back and forth a little, a little bit at the beginning, or at least my, my perspective, which is, Hey, when you're doing a podcast, you know, the, the best thing that we've discovered recently is you definitely want to have the AI filter that basically can boost the sound. Do you have any tip that you can give to the listeners, AKA me as well, um, that has helped, you know, that you've learned over uh, the many podcasts that you've uh, published? Uh, an interesting approach at the at the start of every conversation is just the chit chat, right? I feel like it's, you know, the second you walk on stage or you're on camera or someone starts recording you, most people clench up a little bit. So what we do strategically is we start recording sort of at the uh -huh. beginning of, of a na very natural, not recorded conversation. Mm -hmm. And then it flows really beautifully into the actual kind of packaged podcast episode. Um, and that's just, you know, creating more comfort and more space. Um, and then, really you know, smart. 
editing in the background is always helpful. Not doing it live. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh. That's been a blessing. <laughs> I can dig that. I can dig that. Yeah. Well, I really like that. T- you know, it's kind of funny because I think we were doing it without even realizing we were doing exactly. it. So I, I, I think, you know, and I think that's right because, you know, when you go cold, you're just like, okay, now game face. But when you go with a bit of a warm up, game face has already been established and, you know, that report and that, the, uh, you know, the fun. Because, I mean, yeah. I, I'm assuming you have fun doing this. I know I have a lot of so fun much. doing this. So, so much fun. <laughs> I yeah, wish I yeah. could do it all day, every oh, day. no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, I want to hear everyone's story. So this is good. Yeah. But you know what? Today is the Kayla Isabella story. So let's keep it, going here. Um, tell me about your role as a board member of the Ottawa Board of Trade. Yeah. Uh, so that um, I've been uh, a part of the board for just under a year now. Yeah. Um, and this was an attempt to get a much more local perspective for myself. You know, Startup okay. Canada's all these connections at the national level. Um, and the Ottawa Board of Trade is really focused on advocacy within the Ottawa ecosystem. Um, and I found even in my Rolodex of, of you know, network partners and, and those that are working with municipal government mm-hmm. and fairly shallow relationships in Ottawa. Uh, so that's really been my way to, you know, work with mayors, understand local supports and how they need to connect as a smaller ecosystem. And then the strength of that building at the national level, now I can kind of make those connections between the two. Um, uh, Sue Lang is is the the current president and CEO, and she's an unbelievable leader as well mm-hmm, that I wanted mm-hmm. to learn from uh, and important to be learning from other women CEOs because that's a, totally. a very important thing for all of us. <laughs> oh, for, for all of us, for all of us. Well, one thing that I thought was so cool, and I saw this on LinkedIn maybe two weeks ago, uh, was that you just happened to be at a meeting you know, with a lot of people, but those included you know, both Prime Minister Trudeau and Chrétien, as well as the that 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 American president, I think his name is Biden. I know uh, Joe. I think his first name is Joe. <laughs> Joe, there you go. What was it like to meet all these people? What was security like? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was truly one of the most like awe-inspiring moments of my entire I life, bet. and not even because of of being in that room with you know the the president and the prime ministers. And Cretchen was actually sitting directly to my right, so I was wow. like, I, you know, they were eating the same you know salad. <laughs> it was very very intimate. Um, but it was the impact that it had on my family and my friends and people just feeling so much pride around mm-hmm. me being in that room and sure. being really the youngest person in that room. I'm 30. <laughs> and uh, most people in that room had potentially a little bit more gray hair than I did. Uh, yeah. But to be invited into that space, um, it was just it was such an honor. And it, it makes me so smiley. You know, you know, in the audio, you might be able to hear that I'm grinning. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just what it meant for my community and the pride that they then felt for me. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing to get so much support from the people you love in those types of moments. Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, how, how much um, advance notice are you given for something like that? Not that much. It was, no? <laughs> but I think, you know, there's so much security um, within that space that I think they try to keep the locations, you know, a little hush hush. But uh, my dad blew that out the window because the second I got my little professional letter, he shared it on his personal Facebook. So awesome. his whole world knew what was happening. Uh, but the security was pretty, pretty impressive. That's oh, for sure. I bet. I bet. It, well, it's it's to be cherished. And, and, and like I say, what, what an honor to be part of that. So, uh, you know, I really yeah. salute that. Well, tell me, I mean, I'm kind of intrigued by this, 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 uh, you know, you're a member of the Continental Council of Allied for Startups. And I might be saying for Allied for Startups. It's a bit, it's a bit clumsy, the, the name of it. Tell me about that. Yeah. So this uh, organization, um, led by Melissa Blaustein, who's also an unbelievable uh, uh, CEO, um, Allied for Startups, AFS for short, is a worldwide network of advocacy organizations. Mm-hmm. So they span five different continents, and they're really focused on improving policy environments for startups. 
So think, you know, as things emerge in particular industries, what impact does that have on disruptors? And the policies are often being written after things are being disrupted. And mm. that can cause a lot of paperwork and headaches and have to, to almost change different parts of your business or structures or um, or focus on advocacy, which is not necessarily a part of your business as mm -hmm. a traditional tech startup. Um, so they really create those conditions. They have connections um, and, and active conversations, mainly across the EU. Mm -hmm. But I'm essentially the Canadian perspective. Um, yeah. What are we doing in Canada that works, that doesn't work? Um, often our Canadian policies fall a few years behind across the EU, so we can mm -hmm. learn some of those best practices from those mm -hmm. folks. Um, but practically and, and more on the human side, it's given me this network of almost the Startup Canada CEOs of all of these different countries across the world. Um, so Startup Ghana, uh, mm -hmm. we now have an incredible relationship with. Um, cool. Looking at, you know, France Digital and, and other <laughs> folks uh, in Startup Poland or, um, you know, Startup Italy, all these other folks that are doing what we're trying to do. Um, so it's an incredible network to learn from as well. And they're all just such great people. They're really, oh, really passionate, super sharp. Um, yeah. And and they're sort of the behind the scenes activators that are making sure the conditions for startups work <laughs> versus, <laughs> you know, most of the entrepreneurs kind of getting credited for all this disruption that, that they're able to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, they're they're really behind the scenes in a lot of those conversations. Yeah, well, build, building the ecosystem to you know for the for for the rest of us to really benefit from. So I, I exactly. think that's really cool. I'd, I'd, uh, yeah. and you know it's kind of like the startup, you, you, the United Nations of startups. We'll just say which pretty I think, much you know exactly. is pretty cool. You know there are no laws that dictate it, but uh, you know that's how the United Nations go, I guess. But well, you yeah. know one um, one organization I saw that you had a lot of history with that I thought was really cool too is the IABC, aka the International Association of Business Communicators. Like clearly you're a good communicator, so I understand why you'd be part of that. But tell me about the function of that organization. Yeah, so my my start with with IABC was actually as a student. Mm -hmm. um, and I worked in communications before I was at uh, Startup Canada, and that has always served me in every you know pivot of my career and every role that I've taken on. Um, and it's really looking at communications being a business driver um, and and a success factor, and driving like concrete business results through effective and strategic communications, which mm -hmm. is often you know budgets are cut, often from the communications department, those types of things. It really <laughs> enables leaders to advocate for that function. Um, so I've had probably every single board role within IABC over the last decade, um, but it has been incredible networking. Again, it's a, an international entity, so fabulous networking from folks in Australia, across the U.S., across Canada, um, and people that just want to come together and learn. Um, you know, communications and even the platforms we use have changed so much, even in you know, the last 10 years since oh, joining sure. IABC. How do we keep up on those best practices? How do we learn from the success stories? And during the pandemic, they were such an invaluable resource of saying like, how are you doing events? How are you talking mm -hmm. to people like that? Practically, how are you talking to your employees? Yeah. Internal communications was such a dumpster fire for so many folks. Um, but I had this incredible you know, group of advisors from every type of industry um, able to say, here's how we're doing it. Here's what's working and what's not. And so I had this constant feedback loop. Um, and, and that network has only grown since I've left as well, right? It's, it's something that, that will continue to grow, um, even when I'm not formally on the board anymore. Well, that, I mean, it sounds, it sounds like a great group and it sounds like something you definitely brought value to, but I, I actually have one kind of weird question about it. Cause I saw that you're the president, which makes sense, but you're also the title official, the past president. What's the role yeah. of the past president? Yeah, it's a great, a great question. So, um, as a part of the governance of IBC Ottawa, um, you're required to stay on for one year after your presidency term as the past president. 
And this is to support the current president. It's mainly advisory, right? It's I get on a phone call once a month with the current president, workshop various ideas, um, and it sort of ensures that continuity. And having been on boards where we don't have that structure, there's so much knowledge that is sort of forgotten or that just sort of deteriorates year over year. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a really beautiful way that IBC ensures that that knowledge transfer happens across every single board. Um, and it's something I would love to see other board structures implement as well. Yeah, I was just thinking, I mean, you know, usually the president's the person that has, you know, not just the, the, the board um, knowledge, you know, the functions and all that, but also that background, re- uh, the background relationships. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you can even help just with an introduction to the new one or, or you know, okay. coax people or even just do backdoor, you know, I don't call them deals, but just ways of, you know, lubricating <laughs> yeah. any any relationship potential yeah. or issue or stuff like that. I, I think I think that's really cool. You know what? I am going to... You know, say you know on boards you should be doing that I, I think that's i think that makes a lot of sense well i mean i'm going to touch on one last board because i think this one was really cool and i'm assuming it was during university years but you were on a marketing advisor for the tanzania tourist board tell me about that yeah so it actually was not a board position this was what prompted me into entrepreneurship um okay. a handful of years ago and i essentially worked in consulting and worked for an incredible small consulting firm here in ottawa for all different types of clients including some startups Uh um but i wanted to dramatically disrupt my life (laughs) essentially Um, and i had a very supportive partner um who uh, sort of not allowed me of course he allowed me to do it but he really supported me in in making some dramatic life changes um and i decided to move to tanzania I really wanted to live in East Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fascinated by the culture. I wanted to learn Swahili. I wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, go and um, and do something very practical, not just swooping in and saying, I have all of the answers to, you know, some of the challenges that these folks might be facing, mm-hmm. um, but actually working in close company with, um, with entrepreneurs, actually. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I went and worked um, with the Tanzania Tourism Board, which is part of the Tanzanian government, mm-hmm. and worked directly with tourism operators across Tanzania. And so I was helping them create business plans, create communication strategies and outreach, um, sort of blending my IBC experience and trying to get international travelers to see Tanzania as this incredible tourism destination, which it absolutely is. And as it is, yes. Convincing. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, there's there's, you know, people have a particular perception of, you know, parts of Africa and, and the distance and money and, you know, all these different elements that are involved. Um, and so it was my job to work with these unbelievable founders and try to really crystallize these value propositions while also coming against challenges we would never experience in Canada. How do you build a business on a flip phone, on a cell phone, when yeah. you don't have a laptop? Mm-hmm. Um, in Dar es Salaam, where I lived, there's not enough power on the power grid within the city. So every couple of days, the power would just go off. And you wouldn't mm-hmm. know, is that going to take an hour? Is it going to take three days? You would have no idea when the power was going to go back on. Uh-huh. As you can appreciate, would be very complicated if you were trying to run a business and uh-huh. bringing uh-huh. clients that are expecting that type of response. Um, so it was such a uh, a humbling experience in a lot of ways that I came uh-huh. back appreciating things that I never would have before. Uh-huh. But that's really what got me connected to this like entrepreneurial hustle and this grit um, and seeing these founders against all odds and against all of these massive barriers, try to be entrepreneurial and and have this energy and this excitement around building their businesses. Um, and that I was like, I, you know, I want to move back to Canada and this is what I want to dedicate my life doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, to this day, you know, I think back and 
I would do these crazy, you know, training sessions or work with these different founders. And then we'd literally go on safari for two yeah, days so cool. as a thank you for mm -hmm. those types of supports. So it um, was one of the most memorable, life-changing experiences of my life, for sure. Oh, I bet. I mean, I tell everyone they've got to go. I mean, I've, I've been lucky to have traveled to oh, maybe 10 countries in Africa. And uh, um, I tell everyone that they really should because, you know, first, all the stereotypes are gone instantly. Secondly, you, you'd be shocked at the, the disadvantages they have because of, let's just say, tribal, like... The boundaries that we created, uh, you know, we European, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get too much into that, but they're not real boundaries. Like you find, you know, the average person in like, for example, Zimbabwe speaks five languages because they're speaking to, you know, everyone uh, around. And then you're like, well, I'll use Zimbabwe as an, ex as, as an example. It's a little more extreme than the other ones just due to, to, to the, the economy being very um, bizarre, let's just say. It doesn't really make sense. But, you know, they have... Uh, I saw people there where, you know, the average person makes sales and, I, and I'm not going to be real numbers here. People, please bear with me. I'm doing my best here from what I heard and what I was on the ground. But say you make $3 a day or $2 a day, right? But a state costs four. <laughs> like one who, and how, you know, they can, uh, the people of that region can do so well with business because the thing that I saw is, it, and again, I'm going to talk to Zimbabwe here. They had three cell phones each yeah. and they were juggling different business opportunities. And this is like taxi drivers. This is like, like so many people. And you know, you're talking to them and trying to understand the problems. You're like, wow, you know what? There's actually so much opportunity here. And Indeed. I think that's, you know, what the, the, it wasn't the, the, oh, it's difficult here. It was actually to look at the opportunity we have here because the infrastructure demands are very different. Um, so I, I think it's a wonderful place to, to, to learn about yourself, to learn about, um, you know, just learn like it's, it's it, yeah. it, you know and especially on their entrepreneurial side because i think people in africa are incredibly entrepreneurial uh, because they don't have the same infrastructure that we have no and, and there's a um there were two things i think that impacted my ability to also connect with those founders was i learned swahili so the oh, language barrier wasn't necessarily there jumbo. to your point half of the <laughs> half of the <laughs> groups that i was working with they spoke six languages, yeah. you know, four tribal, French, Swahili, and a little bit of it, like just the language competencies were yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, so that really, even the playing field of my deep respect for trying to come in and, and um, you know, from their sort of perspective. But um, within the entrepreneurship space, like there's a a squeezing the lemon as, as much as possible kind of approach to entrepreneurship. Like it's every mm -hmm. micro moment in someone's day-to-day -day experience. Like I think of, um, driving down the street, you might be in like a small bajaji, which is like sort of a, a little <laughs> car <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and, you know, you, you're you stopped at a traffic light and somebody immediately jumps out to wash the front of your car or the wash the front of your bajaji. And it's like, <laughs> you know, in Canada, that would never happen. Somebody wouldn't necessarily jump out and do that. Uh, but it's it's every moment of the day that there's these entrepreneurs looking to find a way to bring in revenue to feed their families. And they have very large families as well. So it's no small feat. Um, and I just respect the creativity. Um, and it's like a ruthless, like, I'm going to get this done no matter what kind of attitude. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it, it was just such a, a privilege to witness that and to also try to practically help them go even further using some of the resources that I could bring. Uh, so it was killer. And this is your CTA. Go to Tanzania. <laughs> this is your oh, call to action for today's uh, podcast. thousand percent going to agree with you there. You know, it, it's, uh, yeah, Africa's Africa is awesome. Well, you're, you're based in Ottawa which is also the home of legendary Shopify, obviously. But yeah. what makes Ottawa such a great place to found a company? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Ottawa has 
a challenging brand reputation, I think, in Canada that it's seen, you know, naturally being bureaucratic. We obviously right. have, you know, the federal government here and lots of political folks. Um, but there's a unique balance of sort of competitiveness and intensity that you would find in one of the larger cities like a Toronto or, or you know, right. Vancouver. But the calmness of right. a smaller city, um, right. the quality of life, the cost of living, which has gone up tremendously, so maybe that's more relevant public. <laughs> um, but you get this sort of sweet spot of intensity and calm. <laughs> and I think that makes for a beautiful place for people to be attracted to coming when you're looking at talent, when you're looking at people um, coming from different spaces. Like that <laughs> needs to be part of the value proposition of why they want to be employed by a particular company. <laughs> um, and and there's a lot of conversations why not Ottawa right now, right? Like on, on these various boards that I sit on and, and in conversations around downtown revitalization or looking at, um, you know, Canada North, we have one of the yeah. highest densities um, of startup founders in the country, if not North America, if not part of the world, that <laughs> like <laughs> never gets the credibility that it deserves. Um, so why not Ottawa? It's it's almost done itself a disservice by painting itself as too boring of a city or, you know, the city that and, fun uh, forgot, all these garbage things. <laughs> I just, I disagree I with those it. things because honestly, I, I, I am a big fan uh, of Ottawa and, uh, you know, I, I, and I love going over to Gatineau as well because that's uh, such a unique spot. Um, and you get to, you know, and my front yard is the canal. So I let, well, not beautiful. this year, but in a normal year, we have <laughs> people skating to work. Yep. Find me <laughs> another spot where you can do that. Or, you know, go cross-country skiing in Gatineau in 20 minutes. Um, or be in this beautiful, having a beautiful meal at an incredible restaurant, um, right. you know, downtown. It has everything you need, just in a, a slightly smaller package, which I love. <laughs> yeah. Well, you drown doing the the, the, the the skating on the canal thing here. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, you've you, got whales. I can't beat whales. <laughs> I, I, I guess. Well, I hope you don't be, beat whales, but uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, have you ever tried your own? I mean, you're, you know, you've been, you've been on the, on the, the support side. Have you ever tried your own product, product based startup? I know, I know you kind of, I'll call it a service startup, but what you are, or, or, uh, but have you ever tried your own product one? So I, um, I'm a, uh, I won't even say jewelry designer, but I love jewelry. Um, awesome. And so before my time at Startup Canada, I did actually sell uh, different handmade um, earrings and some jewelry, but mainly to friends and family. Okay. Uh, and I loved it as kind of a, a side project. It was never something that I wanted to do full time, which is also an important thing in entrepreneurship, that you don't have to take something that you love and do it as your livelihood and putting that mm -hmm. pressure on that type of business. Um, so it's something that I would love to come back to and, and dabble on. Don't really have the time at the moment. I understand. Um, but but I see my role. Um, and, and, you know, my dad's been an entrepreneur and he's built many, many different companies. And mm -hmm. I feel like I have very entrepreneurial energy. Sure. But I'm best served being in an organization where I can help others sort of build that entrepreneurial competency. competency. Um, yeah. So I really see myself more as an intrapreneur. And mm -hmm. I think very entrepreneurially. But at the moment, there's not really another business I would want to start. No, I dig it. I dig it. And you know, I love it's like the kids these days. Like I'm, I'm just going to use my kids. Uh, they're 15 and 15 and 17. But my daughter, since she was 13, has been selling clothes on uh, the you know the Instagram and doing you know shockingly you know doing well for that. But my son just started up another uh, a new business where he's actually getting uh, furniture from um, 
from Facebook and from um, um, the, the, the Craigslist, these type of things, um, that he just yeah. takes them for free and he's, he's fixing them up and he's selling them. And it's like, wow, you know what? I when I was in, I wasn't thinking about that. You know, I was I was just bouncing a basketball. So I, I'm I'm really impressed that the kids are thinking this way. And that you know what? I would say organizations like your own and the and the, the culture and philosophy that it comes with has really allowed people to benefit from you know we'll call it beyond hobbies. Like it's something that they actually enjoy and they're trying to figure out how to make it profitable, which I think is really really neat. Well, especially in an economy like today, like we need to be thinking creatively around where we're bringing in revenue. How are we oh actually, gosh. you know, meeting meeting all these different demands? And it's really beautiful seeing um, at every age level, people stretching the imagination of what <laughs> can be a business and what can I actually do either full time, part time, a micro moment of time. Um, and and that entrepreneurial thinking will serve us no matter what, even if we're building entrepreneurs within larger organizations, yep. that's bringing a culture of innovation. Um, it's mm -hmm. making us think differently around traditional industries. Uh, and ultimately it's helping us solve much larger global challenges mm -hmm. um, that we need to both acknowledge and practically support. So we need to be building more of that thinking in everything that we do. Awesome. Awesome. I agree. Well, you were recently selected as one of um, the 50 change makers and emerging leaders by the Globe and Mail, which is very, very impressive. Why do you think you made this list? Like what, what and, and how did it feel? Like what, what when you found out? Me. A really incredible, um, you know, and, and that list, what mm -hmm. I love the most about it, obviously it was wonderful for me to be in there. There were so many founders that Startup Canada has worked with that were also in company oh, wow. on those same pages. So it, feels so beautiful to see both our leadership being supported and those founders, you know, getting, getting that, that attention that they deserve. Um, and again, I think it, you know, working in nonprofit, often mm -hmm. that perspective is not in tech and in um, entrepreneurship. There are so many nonprofit support organizations um, and we don't realize how demanding it is to work in these spaces. Oh, yeah. And you know, I don't have a product to sell. I don't have, you know, a company that can scale uh, using, you know, SaaS. <laughs> I can't um, sort of pull on some of those levers, but I'm serving a very entrepreneurial audience. And so in that journey, there are challenges. You know, obviously I lead an incredible team, but um, that is hard during a pandemic, not during a pandemic, during all these different shifts. And so being on lists like that is like a little moment where I'm like, geez, Louise, there's a lot to do. And this went wrong and da, 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 and all these, you know, things came my <laughs> way. And then I just get to take like a second and look at my face on a little piece of paper and be like, damn, it's like, good job. Like good we, job. we did something right today. Um, and then that builds over time, right? You're <laughs> on that list. And then somebody sees you on that list and they give you a, a virtual thumbs up or high five. And it just keeps that confidence going when you have <laughs> so many demands. Um, and the pressure of a company on your shoulders, right? That is hard to sleep sometimes, knowing what's happening in the world. Oh, um, so it's that. nice getting those little moments. Well, felicitations. And, uh, <laughs> Merci you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I actually wanted to do a podcast. I'd like to try to do it in French with one of one of the, um, you know, someone from, from you know, either Quebec or I guess yeah. Brunswick or even Ontario for that matter. And I asked on LinkedIn if people would be interested in that, and it got shut down. And I was so disappointed. I guess I don't have to listen to the masses. We can just do it, like on Eva. But uh, yeah, I was disappointed. Yeah, halfway through the podcast of French. That's funny. That'd be in yeah. true Ottawa fashion. Doing a 50-50%. Very much so. Very much so. Well, here in Vancouver, we'll just flip into, into Mandarin instead because I think there that's, uh, yeah. you know, 
we're 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 we definitely uh definitely uh the flavor flavor of the day for us as well. Well, we'll tell yeah. you what. I mean, the theme of the afternoon tea podcast is speak to wonderful people like yourself. That's you know really supporting um the the, the Canadian landscape um of of business. And uh, I have these two questions I ask every time, and I'm really keen to to hear your uh to hear your thoughts and. Um, you know, you've already shared some gold, but let's get a little bit more gold dug out here. Um, can you share one piece of advice to help younger Canadian founders? Mm, I love this question. Um, and I love the variety of people's answers to this question mm -hmm. often because mm -hmm. we all make, you know, different mistakes along the way that we can all learn from. Um, but my answer to that question is don't light yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Because that, I, has, that. I think, has been one of my biggest challenges over the years is, is constantly sacrificing my own well-being holding the emotional um, you know, baggage or burden of other people as my own and really mm. um, letting that compromise my ability to show up positively and energetically and be my full self. Um, and that during the pandemic was so devastatingly hard because so you want to so. hold space for people that are navigating through the impossible. Uh, mm -hmm. And we were helping businesses that were scaling like crazy. And then we were also helping people shut their doors down. And and wow. the, the like whiplash of that every day became really, really dramatic and and took too much of a toll um, on, on me. And I think it's one thing to say, to be a yes person, like I'm definitely a yes person. I'd love mm -hmm. to be on boards. I'd love to volunteer and mentor or do all these great things. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I have the confidence to say, I don't have capacity to do that or that I, you know, I'm happy to engage in this small, reasonable mm -hmm. way um, and not constantly put the needs of others above your own. Especially mm -hmm. as women in leadership positions, we're often, uh, you know, asked, and if not, uh, it's an assumption that we're going to take up that extra, but, um, you know, energy and, and burden. Um, and I think it's it's hard in the early parts of your career to say no to, right? Oh, yeah. So be thoughtful around where that comes from. Um, but you can't pour from an empty cup, and like you can't if you compromise your mental health, nothing else will work. And as a founder understanding that is very painful when everyone's like, you've got to hustle, you've got to work 24-7, da-da-da-da-da. No, you can't. <laughs> like this, yeah. It's not possible. And if you are destroyed in that process, so will your business. Like You cannot oh, yeah. be successful if that um, that mental support, if if you are not recharging and leveraging you know, therapy or medication or support from your family and friends, Like mm -hmm. those are essential ingredients to building a business. Um, mm -hmm. And so I wish I had not lit myself on fire as much when I was earlier in my career. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that's really good advice. I mean, I, I actually would say, you know, that ability to say no is, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll actually put it this way. The, the day that I realized that my personal business was, was doing okay, or at least it was a real business, was the day I was ready to say no to this huge opportunity because okay. I didn't believe in it. And I didn't, we like our, as our team, we did, we thought it was going to fail, even though the Let's just say they had all the money that, you know, that the, the oil patch could possibly provide, but okay. a timeline that was way too dangerous to accept. And it's just one of those, you know what? It sounds great. No, we're not going to do it. And, and they doubled the price, which, which was a big lesson as well, all of a sudden. And, you know, but we're like, no, you know what? We're, here's your, we gave them back a $50,000 deposit. And we're like, you know, thank you very much. We wish you the best of luck, but we're not set up for, oh, for success. And no. at that point we realized, wow, we can say no to, you know, very large projects and still feel like we're doing fine. So, so being able to tell you that no, I think is a really enlightening moment of strength. And so I'm glad you shared it that way. And you're also, I feel like that pulls on another sort of like plus one to, to my advice uh -huh. that is you're allowed to change your mind. 
oh, that yeah. founders often get so rigid in thinking that their business needs to be one thing and the path to growth is going to look like X. Um, and yes, we know all these things are nonlinear, but sometimes they're antithetical to what we initially set out to do. <laughs> and that's okay. You're allowed to always change your mind. It's your business. It's your life. You will understand the consequence of doing that. Um, but don't let that apprehension to shift gears because you made a claim or you said you were going to build things this way. Don't mm -hmm. let yourself hold, don't hold yourself back at mm -hmm. the expense of where your energy is kind of flowing or where you feel naturally that intuition is bringing you. Because uh, mm -hmm. we do so much where we just, we, we push down that intuition. Um, and every decision that you probably made in your life, if you look back, you knew what the right decision was, oh, right? Yeah. Like hindsight's twenty twenty, but you knew in that moment there was something nudging you into a particular direction. Um, and it's so important to follow that intuition. It's just okay. I like that. It's just okay. Do what you do. What your heart tells you. And uh, even yeah. if you, even if you uh, kind of already agreed to it, you know. I mean, I mean, heck, this is a totally different one. But I'm still waiting to go to one of those weddings where someone doesn't show up. So, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I change your mind. Hey, because you know what? You've been empowered. I, I totally did yeah. that. But it would be also kind of fun to say I went yeah. there. Um, and you ask for my toaster back. About <laughs> okay, I took that really far to the left, I guess. So, yeah, we have one last question, and I, and I really, again, appreciate your time today, uh, Kayla, but can you share the name of one Canadian entrepreneurial star or founder that you personally look up to? So this is the hardest question in oh, the yeah. history of all questions for me, uh, because, you know, obviously I talked to so many unbelievable founders. Uh -huh. um, but one, one founder that works with the Startup Canada team and is also an entrepreneur, um, uh -huh. she's one of the co-founders of Marlowe. Um, and they are essentially educating menstruators. They're creating products that support women um, and are cool. really disrupting the femtech uh -huh. industry. And so I want to give that specific example uh, for your <laughs> male listeners to see women are leading incredible businesses with huge market potential <laughs> to other women um, that we need male investors to look at seriously, uh, to invest in, um, <laughs> and to share, you know, not just with their daughters and if they're wise, et cetera, but with their wider networks. Um, so Femtech, um, definitely a space to look into. Applaud um, that. And we've got some incredible founders that we're going to be talking to on the Startup Canada tour. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got uh, Neighborly North is an incredible tech company up in Whitehorse. Uh, the Startup Canada team is actually leveraging their services to book our accommodation, sort of like sure. an Airbnb for northern cities. Awesome. So we will be uh, residing in some of their incredible condos uh, across Whitehorse at the end of April. So Neighborly mm -hmm. North uh, up in Whitehorse. Uh, Tark, uh, uh, the founder of Peace by Chocolate, is another unbelievable founder that we are going to be hearing from in Halifax. Mm -hmm. um, and he's a Syrian refugee that came to Halifax and has wow. the most inspiring, you know, newcomer story. Uh, and he actually just had a movie about him uh, made, you know, big Hollywood production, et cetera. Uh, so check out Peace by Chocolate as your kind of homework before the Halifax tour stop. Awesome. Which is great. And then we also have in Vancouver, um, Karen from Bloom. Um, and I yep. say that because we're both sitting here drinking some fabulous tea. Um, and mine is from Bloom. Um, uh -huh. And uh, we're going to be hearing her incredible financing story and understanding her journey, um, what funding that she leveraged, and hearing her her incredible story. We've had her on the podcast before as well, but it'll be great Amazing. to meet her in real life. Amazing. Do you want to see something cool? Do you know what this tea is? I, what, oh, is this another tea that I have yeah. to purchase? My no, goodness. I don't think you can because this is David's tea, which is TTTT oh for the oh. afternoon tea podcast. Right. And it's, it's a, um, um, it's actually indigenous made blend, uh, oh. smooth black tea, uh, 
blend of loose leaf tea and toasted notes of roasted wild rice, complemented by a touch of maple, vanilla, and berries. I had to get my my podcast voice on that one because I am quite addicted. Look at and like and uh, food and beverage based products. Being at Startup Canada, obviously, I support founders in many ways, but <laughs> it has done a number to my bank account. That every time I, I see a business, I'm like, well, I have to buy it. It's a part of my job. I have yeah, to support. Yeah. So always open for tea suggestions. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I, I, you know, I hope to meet when you're when you're in Vancouver, and we'll uh, see I, him. I look forward to I look forward to you know following your mission and uh, and, and and good luck with uh, helping support so many great uh, businesses and founders across Canada. So thanks for all you do. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Uh, we'd love to see your listeners on the Startup Canada tour. We're going to be sharing a promo code to get uh, some free tickets in their hands too. So we- uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. We'll leave it. We'll leave it in the notes. So thank you. Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners. If you got this far, I assume you liked this episode, and that is awesome. Thank you. In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcast and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your feeds from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast with a goal to share the stories of Canada's successful tech entrepreneurs in order to prepare the next wave of founders. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we would love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at T-T-T, that is three T's, dot studio. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us at social media at T-T-T underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon. 